Welcome to the Personal Jukebox, jukebox Podcast, even. Eo. My name is Simon. You're joining me on this fantastic morning, evening, afternoon, who knows what. But we're joined with, it's everybody's favourite co-host. He was there when Jeremy spoke in that class that day. It's Stuart Boyd. He hit me with the surprise left. <laughs> It left your jaw wide open. Oh. Is it? Uh, jaw wide open. Uh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> just like the day. Yes. Like the day I heard. Are you okay? I am splendid. Just How are a, you? I'm fantastic. Um, I've just learned something from our pre-episode grammar chat. Yeah, yeah. It got, <laughs> uh, got intense, didn't it? Yeah. And a uh, few, few anecdotes. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Um, something we because we're a part two of a double header. Yes. And something we neglected to mention when we did the Arctic Monkeys mm-hmm. is um, we are less than twenty four hours removed from your birthday, host and Svengali. That is correct. I was officially forty five years young. Yeah. Forty five. That's ridiculous, isn't it? But it's 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 nothing. I've um, I've well, got a friend now, is and it? he is a friend. Mm-hmm. He's definitely a friend. Mm-hmm. He is pure white hair, mm-hmm. side parting, glasses. Yeah. yeah, he wears the press trousers and yeah. the thick jumpers. Yeah. Do not be fooled <laughs> by the kindly granddad who will give you a Werther's original <laughs> facade. Rich is a lad. Yeah. Oh, he is a lad. Yeah, yeah. Oh well, there you go. There's something to yeah. live up to. How old did you say he was? He's early sixties. Oh, early sixties. Oh, fair yeah. play. Yeah. Guy I go to football with 60 this year. He's still living it, isn't he? He loves it. Yeah, 45. It sounds, um, it sounded old. Like when you think how old we were when the album we were talking about today came out. It was never going to happen, was it? We were nah. going we to go out in a blaze of glory. The only question was, were we going to burn out or fade away? <laughs> Births just come around and around now that you get to like yeah. a, a kind of age. Um, and it doesn't really mean anything. Yeah. Apart from, I've definitely noticed that I need to piss more. That's something I've noticed over I need the past to piss like, now. You need to piss now. Because <laughs> I've said it now, that's yeah. it. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> over the past two or three years, I've definitely needed to piss more. And the only other thing that I can think of is maybe I don't recover as quickly from... Oh, God, no. ...from, like, hurts. I had my first hike since September last Sunday. Yeah. And on Tuesday, you know that bit of muscle between your shin bones? Oh, it's absolute agony. There. I can barely move. Yeah. Yeah, 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 oh. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it was intense. After a, a particularly strenuous walk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, I yeah. know what you mean. 7K, yeah. mainly uphill. Oh. <laughs> just, just murders. The, the lad, he wants again to go into the gym. Yep. He went to the gym to try it out, see if he wanted to do it. And he liked it. And he was like, yeah, I'm going to go to the gym. He wants to like bulk up a bit. Yeah. And he was like, oh, man, my, my, my legs are really hurting. And I said to him, man, you, you want to wait till you get to my age? And then yeah. it's like, not straight away, it's the next day. What a cultural shift that is. That, uh, I mean, we weren't in that headspace at all. To go to the age. gym? Yeah. I can't think of anybody who went to the gym when I was that age. When I was... He's at, 16. Yeah. When I was 18, I couldn't have told you where a gym was. Oh, man, was the gyms. <laughs> there must have been <laughs> maybe there must have been gyms, hadn't yeah. there? But they were like, say, maybe um, there was one in the Crystal. Remember, yeah, there was always yeah. one in the Crystal yeah. or in leisure centres had a gym, yeah. uh, and maybe the odd school had one kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, but they definitely weren't as as 
prevalent as they prevalent are now. Prevalent thing. I mean, you used to give directions by pubs, didn't you? And there was no pubs. Well, I blame the I blame the smoking ban because that killed off a lot of it. Yeah. And then just times on an increase in prices. This week I went to the pub for the first time in a while. And it was just a pint, a glass of rosé topped up with lemonade. Yeah. Under 50 pence change out of a tenner. Yeah, yeah. I was in Worcester so over Christmas. Gonna, you know. And I paid... I handed over a five-pound note and a pound coin yeah. for a pint. Yeah, it was more than a note. Yeah, it's it was more than a note. That? More than a piece of paper yeah. for a and pint. And that's not even in, like, Birmingham. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, uh, was that where the uh, the Christmas do was? Was it Worcester? It was. Oh, was it? It was. No way. In, yeah. a, in an actual venue, was it? No, no, in, in a pub. Oh, in a pub. Just yeah. like this pub, we're going to meet there. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. My work never had a Christmas do this year. Yeah, that's good. That's it's good. rude, I think, though. I think it should be giving something back. You don't need that stress. I don't need it now. And it's 98.5, possibly higher percentage of the workforce at my work is male. Yeah. So it would literally just be a dick swinging contest and like they rally around the family with a pocket full of shells (laughs) of the women who work there, I suppose. Oh, you don't need that drama. Um, but yeah, we're after Christmas. We're well into February now when this is coming out. And we're going to be looking at an album from way back in 1995. Can you believe it? It's summertime for the Personal Jukebox podcast, 1995, <laughs> yeah. isn't it? Oh, it's literally just that sweet spot of the Heartland era. It is. It just is. This is right in the middle of it. It's somebody who you've, you've mentioned before on podcasts. I definitely have listened to this album before at some point in my life, but I would literally say before doing this, I'd possibly listen to it once all really? the way through. Well, that's that's amazing because I would say between 1995 and about 2001, I probably listened to this album 400 times. Really? Easy. Yeah. In the subsequent 20 years and some change, maybe about three or four Mm. Um, before like the last week, yeah. I thought I knew it well. But those two thousand and three years, they do some things. <laughs> of course, we are talking about Alanis Morissette with a mega uber seller, Jagged Little Pill. Well, it's interesting you say that because here's my question to you: I was going to say, has any other artist that you've covered on mm-hmm. the podcast, but really? any other artist that you can think of who's had a 25 plus year career really had one album Mm -hmm. that overshadowed absolutely everything they did to the extent that this does Uh, off the top of my head i can't think of one no Uh, i don't think it exists i mean let's say pull out Guns and Roses, no no one on this planet is saying anything other than Appetite for Destruction isn't their apex. Oh, of but course, yeah. everybody who owns Appetite, owns Appetite for Destruction can give you the name of another album or five to ten other mm-hmm. Guns and Roses songs, even a casual fan. You know, it's really who- weird. Did she have an album? Was it called Super Infatuation Junkie? Supposed former infatuation junkie. There you go, then. I can't name yeah. another yeah. album. Yeah. That was the follow-up yeah. to this one. But okay. Maybe, that thank you one. I was going to... Exactly you're in my head. Maybe thank you was on it. I couldn't yeah. tell you, but... I believe she still... I've never heard it from front to back. She's toured... She was meant to be touring, wasn't she, in 2020? Yeah. But it all got postponed because everything did in everywhere. 
uh, and they resumed it by now because I know they've played gigs and she's she finishes t- the sets with thank you. Okay, That's- she's toured this album recently and I sold out an arena around it. It was one of the big two arenas around here. Yeah. I, I know she did like three I'm nights sure at the O2 these days. in the summer, so I imagine it was following on from that, weren't it? Yeah. So yeah. this album has still got a following, but I'm not sure her general body of work has. Um, I would say if you're touring Jagged Little Pill, because it was meant to be the 25th anniversary yeah. concerts, wasn't it? Yeah. So the amount of people who bought this album, <laughs> this album out there who want to go and see it. Yeah. I had a little look on her um, her streaming, on my streaming service of choice. Yes. Um, this morning, and they give the top five um, tracks, and each of them were from this album. And when I say the tr- streams, no they were in the trillions. Mm. Mm. Like head and shoulders above yeah. anything Was else. it the trillions? No, it was the billions. Billions, Sorry, yeah. Maybe not trillions, in, yeah. 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 <laughs> um, do you know we're a few <laughs> jaws deep now, aren't we? And we? We've alluded to our ages, so it just it it, it knocks us about in the way it never used to. Uh, and 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 in that kind of um, that home ground, could you hasten a guess as the two artists who were supporting her on her twenty fifth anniversary tour? We're thinking nineteen ninety five. Okay, one of them is. Oh, oh, I'm not saying I would have got it, but I could have had a couple of stabs and got it. Okay. The main support act was Garbage. Okay. Yeah, and Beth Orton oh, as Beth well. Beth Orton, there's a blast from the past. Yeah, I know, Randy's I gonna... wife. <laughs> <laughs> because um, there were a few copyists or um, kind of low-rent imitators influenced by whatever you want to call it in the wake of this album, weren't they? Um, the one that yeah, sticks out for me was Meredith Brooks. Oh, yeah. Was she just literally a one-hit wonder? One-hit wonder. Yeah. yeah. Would you, she Joe, had that albums, though, didn't yeah. she? Joan Osborne. Joan Osborne. That was who I was actually thinking of when you yeah. said Meredith Brooks. I was yeah. thinking of Joan Osborne. Um, yeah, that kind of female solo artist, bit rocky, yeah. bit quirky. Yeah, bit off-kilter, but yeah. with a veneer. Well, this is something I was going to... What was Alanis Morissette in 1995? I was actually um, out hiking with my man last week and we said we're doing some albums next week and this was what yeah. we were doing. And my take on what Alanis Morissette was in 1995 was Patti Smith aesthetic with a few coats of gloss for the mainstream, a bit of veneer. His take, and I'm not sure the timeline quite fits here, but I do like it. He said uh, Natalie and Bruglia for potheads. <laughs> not sure the timeline works Natalie and Brulia, yeah, yeah that's another one yeah. but it did make me th- make me think of the uh, video for Torn which mm-hmm. you know anything that makes you think of that video is just you, oh yeah yeah you'll take that because yeah has any human ever looked as stunning she literally was working that all saint chic yeah. to the grunge audience wasn't oh. she <laughs> it worked I, I tell you what I didn't I wasn't watching Neighbours at the time when Natalie Imbruglia was really a big part. Yeah. So she was kind of new to me yeah. when she came along. But um, that would be an interesting album to do, wouldn't it? It would. That um, I think she did have subsequent albums, didn't she? But that first album... I remember a subsequent single to yeah, Torn. Yeah. Oh, yeah, there was Big Mistake. That's the one. Um, And then there was another one. <laughs> that would be an interesting album to do. But, yeah, she was um, a handsome woman. Very much so. <laughs> Very much so. And I hate to dilute it down because it's the absolute 
antithesis antithesis of what we're talking about the majority of the lyrics on this album are about but um Alanis Morissette what did you think yeah um yeah yeah, no it's it's not what she's about is it it's not what she's it's literally the complete opposite of what she's about it's kind of a, a complete and utter moot point yeah it is um I think many people would see Alanis Morissette as somewhat of a caricature version of the ironic video. Okay. Yeah, I think the masses would see her as that. Now, we'll get into it when we get to the song, it's track two on this album. But when that track came around, I would say, and I'm pretty sure that there had been nothing that was exactly like that before, ever. I think where this hit, particularly on Mm -hmm. radio, Mm -hmm. it was a shock. Was Mary Whitehouse still around at this time? She was up in arms, (laughs) if she was. Well, yeah, well, I suppose she would have been, wouldn't she? Um, Was she not a feminist as well, though? Mary Whitehouse? Yeah. Mm. Was she? I think just anything anything uncouth was, was, was beyond yeah. the pale. <laughs> she was anti-everything. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, as I said, we are talking about Alanis Morissette's Jagged Little Pill. It was released uh, on the 19th of August, 1995. Summertime for the podcast? Of course. Uh, it was her third album. Yes, Which that's I wasn't an interesting super point. aware of. Well, I don't think we in the UK were super aware of that because I don't think... Her first two albums made it over here in any way, shape, or form. But for our younger listeners, that was kind of a thing, wasn't it? It's uh, it's unthinkable now that oh yeah, regional sales and yeah, stuff like that. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. I know. Um, I'm not quite sure of the timeline, but either between Mellow Gold and Odelay, mm. but or either side they're of Mellow prime, Gold. They're all the prime things as yeah, well that we could do. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, definitely. Beck had a couple of albums that never really hit oh, over here. That Yeah, I I became aware of as yeah. a casual kind of Beck fan. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. In the 2000s. Okay. That existed. I picked one of them up. In the um, 2000s? Yeah, I picked one of them through Means. Um, yeah. The other one I've still never heard. No way. Yeah. That's a weird one, yeah. isn't it? It's unthinkable in twenty twenty three, but she had she released a first album called simply Alanis in nineteen ninety one. It went platinum in Canada. I don't know what their platinum criteria is. Uh, the second album was Now Is the Time in nineteen ninety two. Um, but when she got signed for this album to Maverick Records. Yep. Apparently, they persuaded the, the execs at Maverick persuaded MCI, who were the record company who released the first two albums, to withdraw all copies of the first two albums that were on sale. Because apparently, this is a massive stylistic departure, isn't it? Because they didn't want people people to be skeptical of a new alt rock image. Yeah. yeah, yeah, because they're very dance pop. Apparently, absolutely, never heard them. Absolutely, I imagine I could have gone to YouTube because I bet somebody's uploaded them now. Got to be done. Yeah. But, um, we thought as Brits this was the debut, didn't we? Yeah, we yeah, thought yeah, this definitely. was the debut. So as such brand new artist. Would our Canadian friends see this as a cynical marketing change? Um We certainly didn't. Well We haven't got that, that reference to hang our hat on, have we? No, it's it's weird, isn't it? Um off the top of my head, I can't think of Somebody else, you know what I mean, who was doing that kind of... There's got to be loads of examples of this, of people who are doing a certain kind of music and then 
I don't know, you get the break or something. And, well, this is what it sounds a bit like anyway. Weird, isn't that, isn't it? Yeah. But you say that, first couple of Pantera albums aren't readily available by through official channels, are they? Oh, is that right? Yeah, I think uh, Cowboys from Hell was their third or fourth, wasn't it? You know, I've never... I don't think I've heard them. I've seen pictures of them yeah. then, but I've never um, heard them. But I can imagine what they were like, mm. like just from looking at them. This is a bit... Um, bit J-Lo, bit Johnny Jackson. A little bit, Didn't she like do some TV work and then use the money that she got from that to finance the recording of the first album herself? I've heard something like something that. Something like that. She's still yeah. very young at this stage, wasn't yeah, she? Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. This is the one outstanding thing we said in our Arctic Monkeys episode about how young they were. Yeah. The age that Alanis was when she was doing the lyrics for this album. Yeah. And, man, you think, oh, Christ, some of the things that you must have come across yeah. to get to that at that young age is on another level to the Arctic Monkey stuff, isn't it, Definitely. really? Yeah, 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 this is this is drawing on some life experience, some cynicism, and there's some... I was talking to someone again today, actually, mm-hmm. who I just mentioned, um, we're doing this um, tonight. Oh, love that album. But we actually talked about the hidden track on this album, and he summed, uh, he summed something up that I hadn't thought to put it. Is, yeah. She doesn't have to do bitterness well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's... Man, it, yeah. it I mean, you is. are what you drink, and I'm a bitter man. <laughs> <isn't> it? <laughs> yeah. It's 1995. It, it cannot be. It's not post grunge. No. But it, it's it's got a very. I mean, the songs have got. They've even got a soul to soul kind of um, backing track and stuff on them. But it's it's very. The grunge element and the stylistics of some of the stuff is. Is there the grunge aesthetics there? But yeah, it, it it's a casserole. It it really is. Um, there's, there's a track that where there's there's almost a trip up element to it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> there is. Yeah, really. Yeah, thinking about it. Yeah, it is a mixed bag, and of course, that oh, I meant to get it out. That's one thing I forgot to do today with the bad weather. In my shed, I've got a mouth organ. Okay. Yeah, and I was gonna. <laughs> along, with the along with the intro, yeah. Along oh, with that would have been amazing. That would have oh, been really good. Yeah, you've missed it. I was out in my truck this week, and I thought, when I get back Saturday, I'm going to learn that little bit and try and do it. Oh, you've missed a sitter. <laughs> Keeper was miles off his line there. <laughs> okay, um, eleven weeks at number one in the UK, two hundred and twenty-two weeks on the charts. It entered the charts at number seventy-six. Yeah, see, that's the thing, isn't it? This was still in the day when you could enter low and yeah. build up groundswell. Yeah, definitely. Oh, it was definitely a word of mouth kind of purchase for me. This was for anyone who hasn't listened to like the entire back catalogue of the podcast. I was kind of by this stage. I was I made some purchases by CD and some by tape. This was a tape purchase for uh, financial reasons, mm. but it was kind of you know when you, you're on a limited 
budget, but you've everything you've got this is disposable income, and you get it. It's burning a hole in your pocket, and I was kind of there, and it was. I'm here. Yeah, it's here. I'm here. It's coming it's home here. with me. It's on tape. It's coming home with me. Perfect. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ab- absolutely. Why'd you Impulse heard bike. before you bought it? Just you or no? Um, you ought to know. Uh, hand in my pocket. Because. You ought to know is different to everything else in the album, isn't it? Absolutely, it's an. It's as much different as like "Stupid Girl" is on Garbage's yeah. album to everything else yeah. on there. Yeah, yeah. Eight consecutive weeks at number one in America. I mean, it sold thirty-three million albums worldwide. This album. Oh yeah. Over thirty-three million. It, she was the first ever Canadian to get double diamond sale. I mean, diamond sales in America. What even is a diamond sale? Diamond sale is over ten million, isn't it? Yeah. So double diamond is yeah, yeah, twenty million. Uh, it debuted at number one hundred and seventeen on the US chart, uh, and four months later it was number one. So it climbed for four months and then spent twelve weeks at number one. It's the first album. Actually, this is this is a bit of a stat. Yeah, it's the first album to reach both twelve and thirteen million sales since the Nielsen Soundscan thing started in America. So that's since like ninety one. Okay, and it was nineteen ninety six's biggest seller worldwide. Um, eighteen point seven million records it shifted in ninety six, which is just absolutely obscene. It sold over 500,000 copies for 15 weeks in the year. So that's some numbers, man. For anyone with any kind of interest in beyond a basic interest in music, like your top 40, it was everywhere, wasn't it? But there's a track later where it kind of took me back to a place. It's an album track. Yeah. It took me back to a little anecdote, which I'll kind of tell when it comes to it. It's not particularly interesting, but it was just... It kind of opened my eyes mm. to how much it didn't hit in the general mainstream. Okay, okay, yeah, we'll we'll get into that when we uh, when we get yeah. to it because that's an interesting. That's point, a bit cryptic, actually. aren't it? Yeah, but... yeah, that's an interesting point. In the UK, we always take a look at what was going on at the time. The number one album in the UK was uh, from this is the track off it from these boys. Sean Riders, other band? Yeah, were they not just the Mondays under a different name? Well, yeah, it was just uh, they had two vocalists, didn't they, yeah. in uh, Black Grape. Um, everyone knows, what, what's the big song? <laughs> Everybody knows the big song that I can't remember the name of now. Reverend Black Grape? Yeah, there we go. Yeah, I thought I'd go with something different. Uh, and then the other big song that they surely had was uh, Eat My Goal. Was that them? That was them, wasn't it? For the was it for the ninety six Euros? Was that them? Eat my goal! Eat, eat my goal! That's Black Grape. I remember isn't it? that. Was it yeah. Black Grape? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm pretty sure. 
<laughs> you buy me. I'm gonna have to look there. <laughs> Hang on. My God. No, it was collapsed lung. I'm a fucking idiot. I didn't, I didn't <laughs> I'm a fucking idiot. I'm going out. <laughs> Not me, I haven't got the biggest brain. Number one in the UK singles chart. God, it's an absolutely awful song. It really, really, really is a terrible, terrible song. It's got an awful intro, which you can just, if you can pick it out just below us now. It's fucking shit. But I believe it was um, their last song at the time, and it was meant to be, oh my God, it's going to be their last song ever. They were anathematous, weren't they? They were we, just like just everything against what we were into at the time. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um Oh god. And it's fucking Howard Donald, isn't it? <laughs> it See, that was when, um, what's his name? Um, Lee Francis. That's when he was on the money when he used to do that. He used to do Howard Donald. <laughs> yes, I take that with number one in the UK because take that were fucking massive in the UK in 1995. A little bit, every girl in our year at school was just. They were the first. All over them. They were the first band in my lifetime that you know they were putting suicide prevention they were lines up because the split. band was splitting up. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's the first one I can think of in yeah. in my lifetime. Yeah. Uh, in the US, they were listening to this. Song, don't they? Far superior. Yeah. <laughs> it is a better song. It's no, it, it's no, no scrubs, but um, yeah, it's a different oh. song. <laughs> I found myself singing that a couple of months ago, just walking around the house and just getting sideways looks from the wife. Like, That's because you don't want no scrubs. <laughs> also known as a buster. <laughs> Yeah, TLC. Massive. Well, they were massive in America anyway, weren't they? Allegedly so, yeah. Yeah. Bit of a two-hit wonder over here. Uh, Yeah, this. No scrubs and... Proved your point there, haven't you? I know they're they're considered genre flag bearers, aren't they, in America? Apparently so. Kind of precursors to your Destiny's Child. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And that ilk. Um, Their two songs, yeah... They've still done more good songs than I can think of Destiny's Child. <laughs> oh, Defo. Yeah. <laughs> That's, uh, in fact, I've, I've seen, is it Crazy Sexy Cool? 
the yeah, yeah, TLC album. album, it's it tends to get positive reviews across the piece from credible sources, doesn't oh, it? I can imagine like Rolling Stone and uh, Wood Pitchfork be on that. Are they in on? Are they in on, uh, they in on their hip hop? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah definitely, yeah, yeah. definitely, sort of like uh, Tyler the Creator and um, yeah. Earl Sweatshirt, and they're fawning yeah. all over what's his name who headlined Glastonbury last year. Oh, Kendrick. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yes. Like, yeah. literally. Oh, but Kendrick got some... Um, to pimp a butterfly is... You know what? It's I, top tier. Well, I heard this, yeah, and I heard this from somebody whose musical opinions I usually always trust, yeah, and I listened to To, to Pimp a Butterfly, and I was like, I don't know, what am I listening for here? Okay. Yeah. Maybe I need to give it another go, but I just, I don't know, I didn't... I don't know. Maybe my um, yeah. Maybe like like they said in uh, White Men Can't Jump. I just can't hear. Just not Hendrick. Like I yeah. just can't hear Hendrick. <laughs> but um, not Hendrick. That's fucking gin, isn't it? Hendrix. I'm or, getting a tumbler. Or midfielder for um, who do you play for these days? Is it Reading? Who Hendrick? Yeah. I remember Lee Hendrick. Ah, oh, Jeff Hendrick. I'm sure, he's at Reading now. Reading have got a cracking team if it's 2010. They've got Andy Carroll and Shane Long and Scott Dan, <laughs> yeah. Jeff Hendrick, Junior Hoylet. I'll tell you, that team's knocking on the door 12 years ago. This is another thing as well. You know, we were talking about uh, apostrophes and uh, things like that. Yep. Yeah. That's the other thing of the English language, isn't it? That you can have two words that are exactly spelled exactly the same. Yeah. And what mean different Reading things? and reading. And yeah. Like... Ellie was going to the reading festival yeah, yeah. last year. Oh, yeah. yeah, it's um, yeah, it's a strange old thing, isn't it? And talking of strange old things, let's kick off this album. Uh, this is album opener. Wow, that's fucking nineties, isn't it? Do I stress you out? My sweater is on backwards and inside out And you say how appropriate I don't want to dissect everything today I don't mean to pick you apart, you see But I can't help it And there I go jumping before the gunshot has gone off Slap me with the splintered I think it's a good opener. I think it kind of it's a bit of a table setter. I kind of disagree with that. Oh dear, I do. Do you um, not think it? Kind of, I mean, it sounds very much like um, what's the name of his sunshine on a rainy day. I remember the song. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's, it's that kind of nineties vibe. It's so got that. I think this album as a whole is very much of its time. Oh, um, God, yeah. It's massively of its time. Uh, 2023 is, this sounds very, very different. Um, it sounds dated. It sounds dated. Yes. It does. My 
memory of this album, having listened to it to death yeah. at the time and in subsequent years and not heard it very much since. Yeah. Stood very much opposed to two other albums that I kind of bunch in with kind of one foot in the mainstream, one foot in the alternative camp, female-fronted. Yes. And those are... Um, Really, the two kind of gateway acts. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was 14 when this album came out. The two gateway acts around this time um, in terms of female-fronted. My CD collection at this time, I had some some NWA, some Cypress Hill, first couple of Wu-Tang albums. But other than a whole album, which was bought by association to Nirvana, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I yeah. mean, at the time, it was very... White blokes with guitars. Oh man! Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. I, the we've said them earlier today, but I actually think like um, probably the second garbage album was yeah. probably the first ever female fronted. Yeah. If you take away Kylie records and stuff when Obviously. I was younger, you know Obviously. what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And me and my uh, my hiking friend because we end up hiking for miles and miles, and you know we end up on all kind of weird tangents. We did establish on one hike last year that if he and I ever end up at the Minogue's house yeah. that we will still be friends at the end because he's going one way with Kylie and I'm going the other way with Danny <laughs> and we're, the right we're all there. cool yeah. with that yeah. 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 but the gateway into branching out from what we had at the small gathering that was uh-huh. our CD collection a um, couple of others that got one foot in each camp I was not a solo artist but no doubt retrospectively they were a vehicle for Gwen's solo career weren't they no doubt yeah um, so, was tragic. Cheryl Crow around the same time? Well, yeah, that's an interesting point because Cheryl Crow was around the same time and I never really invested in Cheryl Crow and it's because of that purchase, that tape purchase that I talked about. I was thinking about yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, limited income. And I talked about this a bit like Terravision and the Wild Hearts and I was a bit like, I've got Terravision so I don't need the Wild Hearts. Yeah, yeah, um, Alanis got there first, mm. bought the album, so I'd hitch my wagon to that horse. Mm-hmm. So it was a bit like, oh, are you Cheryl, Alanis? is like, you don't need Cheryl, got Alanis. Yeah. You know, you'd made that investment, so it was a bit like... I think as well, Cheryl You kind of justified your lack of knowledge by, oh, no, 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 not Cheryl Crow. That's okay. And Cheryl Crow was a bit more um, absolute classic rock or yeah. country, yeah. and Alanis was a bit more contemporary for the yeah. time. Oh, yeah. definitely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, in retrospect, although maybe that's with a bit of... I mean, um, it's weird because you listen to this album and you think, oh, was she actually? <laughs> but well, at yeah. the time, yes. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Oh, it, 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 it's definitely got massive, massive pop overtones. But in terms of the albums, mm-hmm. um, you bought um, Tragic Kingdom off the back of the two singles, the two lead singles. Right, hang on. Here's it, just bringing up a point there. Stupid Girl sounds like nothing on Garbage. Yep. Um, you ought to know sounds like nothing else on this. Yeah. Don't speak sounds like nothing else on Tragic Kingdom. Absolutely. But the two singles. Yeah. Even if you put Are you classing a, just a girl. Uh, just a girl in there. Yeah. yeah. Two best songs on the album by an absolute mile. The rest is absolute crap. It's 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 not a good album at all. No, it's not a good. Not album. a good album. No, at it's all. not a good Best album. Best two tracks. There might be another good song on there. Mm. Spiderwebs on that album. Spiderwebs is on that album. It's good it's, when it hits the chorus, kind of thing. I'm not crazy about the chorus, to be fair. I can't think of it yeah. now, but I'm yeah. thinking back and saying. Uh, another one around that time was a uh, from a jewel. Pieces of you, jewel. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, Foolish games. You were meant for me. And she's another one I've slept on. I'm who will like, save your soul? <laughs> yeah, 
go beyond that, if you're ranking that album in order, those are your top three. Yeah. Your number four is a massive drop off in quality from there. Those albums are all about the single. And my abiding memory of this mm-hmm. album mm-hmm. was the absolute reverse of that, in that the singles were the weakest tracks of the album. Definitely, mm. definitely not the case. But even then, this opener, all I really want. I remember, even in the back in the day, thinking it's not a particularly great start. I think the, it's a, oh, I think it's a, a slid in scene setter. I think the melody, if you can call it that, it'd be a bit grating if you allowed it to be. There's no riffage or anything experimental. Read no, it's interesting the same thing all the way through. to lean yeah. on. Yeah, and that that's important. And the delivery, kind of like the quirky, that's it. doesn't that's, quite that's what fit I with the stanza. It's a bit forced in a couple of places. It's really cringe. The enough oh. about me, talk about you for a minute, and yeah. the intellectual intercourse. It's really, really forced. Hey, I'm quirky. I don't like yeah. it. I don't like it. I, but that's what I kind of think the mission statement was. It was. It that, was. That's, 100%. Yeah. But there's so much on this album where it's reined in and it's so much better i think this is it's a bit pastiche of what, what's to follow really. I, I agree with what you're saying it you kind of it's kind of proving my point at the same time because i'm like yeah this is what this album is yeah. you're gonna have a bit of this and you're gonna have yeah. a bit of this because your female solo artists at this time that were prominent were your mariah's yeah. and your whitney's weren't they yeah and yeah like singers yeah yeah whereas alanis she doesn't have half of their range does she but she leans into it and she leans into it well <laughs> it it embellishes what she's doing in this this track it doesn't quite work for me the title's a bit lazy around yeah. the time offspring had all i want skunk and nancy had all i want oh yeah the spice girls really wanted to zig a zig yeah. and i've actually realized <laughs> something today because i threw the the album on in the kitchen just press play from the start and this is a four minute song and every other line is, all I really want is, all I really want is. Well, they all insinuate that I don't want a lot, but it's like, you get to four minutes, like, God, you're high yeah. maintenance, love. <laughs> Bye. All I want is a lot. Yeah, yeah. all I want well, is everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So weren't, weren't bands in the 90s entitled? Oh, isn't everybody? Bands in the nineties. You think of kids nowadays? <laughs> you said about Mariah. Uh, one of the things that I noticed in doing the research for this is I read a review of an O2 performance from last year, uh, the O2 Arena in yeah. uh, London, and the reviewer said that Alanis can still hit the high notes, the ones of which Mariah wishes she could. And I thought to myself, no, I'm, "What? No, I'm not having that." I'm not having that. No. I mean, they might be a bit off kilter and a different thing, but yeah. I don't think Mariah couldn't do them. It's like no. that's a different scale of stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's that's really <laughs> it, isn't it? You said about the intellectual intercourse. That seems to be the basis of the song, isn't it? that she wants the intellectual intercourse from the guy who distracts himself rather than face the actual problems that are going on in their relationship. I still think it's kind of a relationship song. A lot of this album is, yeah. it leans, he- leans heavily into that, and it uh, belies her tender years, doesn't it? She compares herself to, a, is it Estella from Great Expectations oh, okay. in the lyrics? Is that the, is that the female character? Yeah, 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 yeah. I can only think of Pip, his <sighs> Christian name being Philip, and his surname <laughs> being Pirip. But then you think Pip, you think South Park now. Um, 
if I think Pip, I think Philip Schofield somehow. I don't know why, okay. but yeah, I don't know. He's just always in my mind, maybe. It was the last UK single. It released, reached number 59 on the charts two weeks. December 1996, that was put out. I don't think this is a single. I think a three. There's a, a couple, it's probably it's five, six singles off this album. One, two, three, four. Six release singles in the UK, yeah. That's crazy. Uh, in my head, it was always three. In America, it's different. We'll get into that, but um, okay. But yeah. Okay, so track two is the big single. I want you to know that I'm happy for you. I wish nothing but the best for you both. I know the version of me Is she perverted like me? Would she go down on you in a theater? Does she speak eloquently? And would she have your baby? I'm sure she'd make a really excellent mother Cause the love that you gave that we made Wasn't able to make it enough for you to be wide. Might as well leave it to the chorus, aren't I? So I'm holding steadfast on, I don't think there was anything like this before. Certainly that entered our sphere of consciousness. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've alluded to Alanis being a bit of a gateway into other stuff um, for like 14 year on me. We weren't aware of like Liz Fair. Were we, no, no, that's yeah. what I mean. It, it was, I think because the video... I'm sure when it was when it was played on MTV as well, the guitars were beefed. Was there a different remix for the, I think there for was. the video? There's something there's another <coughs> version of this on the twenty fifth anniversary, isn't yeah, there? Yeah. Release. Um, this since we've started recording, this has played on absolute nineties, hasn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's good. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um Navarro and Flea, isn't it? Yes, yeah, from Apparently. the Chili's play on this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's all sorts of uh, luminaries pop up on there this. There is, yes. Ben Montench from um, The <laughs> yeah. Heartbreakers. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know who he was, but um, yeah, I saw the name, yeah. <laughs> the late Ben Montench? Mm. Am I right in saying that? Um, your guess is better than mine on that. It entered the chart at number 76 before slowly rising to 22 on the UK. Um... Would it be silly to say this is the standout song on this album? It wouldn't be in my top three, but that said, my position was, coming into this from memory, that the singles pretty much uniformly were the worst tracks on the album, and this was the one that made me kind of review that stance. Mm. This is the best single. Um, It makes the best use of her unorthodox vocal, and the vitriol, it's quite understated. This track with the vitriol on it and the subject matter, it could have really easy, easily 
been open to parody. Oh, I was just about to say that word. Yeah. yeah. But it's not. Yeah. It's yeah, not. Yeah. It strikes that right balance. It, it's a testament to the restraint. And for a lot of people, it's likely to be a bit of an anthem. It is. It's been used um, in past years. I know Britney and Beyonce have both done it in their okay. live performances and probably, you know, bringing this music to a whole new audience. Yeah. So I think it's a bit of a, you know, ladies anthem. Yeah. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Kind Definitely. Of thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. For the teen spirit reasons, I was probably, or the absolute radio reasons, I was mm. probably a bit sick of it, but I've had a bit of a break and I've come to it with a fresh pair of ears and yeah, it's a good, it, it's a good it's a good song. Yeah, it's a good definitely. song. Yeah, it is a good song, definitely. Who was it about? This has always been much like Carly Simon. Yeah, I was going to say you're yeah, so, vain. so vain. Yeah, it was always the guy at a full house, wasn't it? What's his name? Um, oh God, Bob Saget. No, it weren't. <laughs> no, it weren't. Was Bob that Saget. Full House? Yeah, that was Full House. Was yeah, that Full yeah, House? Yeah, yeah. No, it was the other guy out of. Um, oh God. I couldn't begin because there was a slightly effeminate guy, and then there was like the cool guy, weren't there? I've never seen Full House. Oh, have you not? Just, okay. Yeah. I, 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 from, Bob Saget was a reference on South Park and Friends. Okay. That is where I know Bob Saget from. So, and Bob Saget rocked up. Do you remember Mike Quackenbush's promotion, Shikara? Yeah. yeah, yeah. He cropped, cropped up once. as a, They always used to refer to him as the commissioner, as a bit of an in-joke. Well, and then he appeared on the screen once <laughs> and gave a uh, gave a mandate, gave a ruling, and it was like a, uh, it was a big, big pop moment. <laughs> He's dead, isn't he? Didn't he die last oh. year? I believe Bob so. Saget, yeah, I yeah. believe so, yeah. There's that um, bit in Friends where um, like Rachel's got the... Um, the poncho, the uh, beard and moustache drawn yes. on her on the plate. Yes. And Phoebe thinks it's got fancy dress. Oh, you're... And then she calls Ross Bob Saget. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, was, he must have been like, um, I don't know, the equivalent to... What would a British equivalent of Bob Saget be? Oh, Graham Norton. Graham Norton. Um, yeah, maybe. Wogan. Um, I don't know. But yeah, but wasn't he more of an actor originally? So he was an actor okay. who transformed into because he um, hosted America's Funniest Home Videos. Okay. Yeah. So he was. So that'd uh, be Harry sit- Hill. A sitcom. No, but he was a sitcom actor first. Okay. So an actor first, who then changed to be a presenter. I don't know. I don't know. He wasn't an actor, but I can't get past Jermaine Genius now. <laughs> Jermaine Genius. In my head, all I got is Michael Barrymore. <laughs> <laughs> That's a whole different thing. Um... <laughs> yeah, so for my point, I'm thinking it was like the cool uncle. So, because another person who was uh, ruined was Matt LeBlanc as well. Okay. Yeah, um, and then there was another person, but she's like, oh no, yeah, it's, I'm not going to say who it is. Yeah. This Probably guy, no one with This heard. guy who was on Full House said it was him in an interview. Okay. But then later he said, I only said it to just stop, because I was always being asked about it. Yeah, just to stop the yeah, questions. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so yeah, yeah, I don't know. Or maybe it's, maybe it's just purely poetic license. Mm. Who knows? Doesn't detract from it either way, does it? Good song. No, but once again, uh, such a young age to write a song like that. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I know she was working with a guy called Glenn Ballard. Yeah. Yeah, they yeah. basically got co-credits on the whole yeah. thing here, haven't they, more or less? Yeah, so I don't know, maybe he's just got musical licence and very, his fingers are all over it as well, who knows? Mm. As you say, it could just literally be works of fabrication that yeah, have absolutely. come together and absolutely. made a song. Track three is perfect. Sometimes it's never quite enough 
This is the first song we've got on the album that wasn't released as a single. Yeah, I recall this one as being more acoustically focused than it was, mm. uh, than it turned out to be. It does kind of build up into kind yeah. of a bit of a full band um, arrangement. Uh, it's well crafted, isn't it? It's it's little in the good sense of the word. It's what? Little in the good sense of the word. Yeah, it's like quaint. Yeah. 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 I like the way towards the end of the song it... Given the subject matter as well, it contrasts the the more yelly part of the vocals um, mm-hmm. with kind of like her tender notes. It, it does that really well, contrasts that to good effect. Do you think she's over-reliant on a gimmick? I'll listen to arguments. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Do you think she's, you know, like she's always going for the, I'm always going for the, for the, uh, for the easy... You know, the cheap pop <laughs> for yeah, want of a I different... Mean, yeah, this is... It's going to... This song probably going to be emotive for a lot of people because it's just... Um... I always think with, you know, people who have a slightly quirky or off-kilter vocal style. Yeah. Is it authentic? That's what I or always think. Or are they into it? Yeah. Yeah. And I get leaning into it. Especially yeah. If that's your thing, if that is your gimmick, if that's... You know what you're going to do. Well, there are two tracks in particular on this album where she, maybe even three, mm. where she, yeah, there are three tracks where she really reigns that quirkiness in. And for me, two of them are in my top three. Like just sings the song? Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, I think I said this in a previous episode about, uh, again, Mariah. Yeah. Sometimes it's okay just to sing the melody. Yeah, of course. You it don't is, yeah. need to, in Mariah's case, flex the gymnastics yeah. or in Alanis's case. Lean into the hey quirky. On my first couple of listens through, I was surprised at how much it wasn't that quirky stuff yeah. when it wasn't. And you kind of forget yourself for a second and you, oh, I'm just listening to the song. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll be honest, it was quite refreshing. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Those are, like I those are the highs, the bits yeah, where yeah, yeah. it just, just cracks on and lets the song and a natural range speak for themselves, really. This is um, this song's a bit a bit. It's it's root one. Societal as pressures. Like say. Well, I think parental pressure and living vicariously, yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's very it's going to be very relatable for a lot of people. Yeah. Oh God, yeah. I think that is the overriding thing of this album, really, and probably the reason why it shifted so many units as it has is that it is incredibly relatable, oh. more for the female side of stuff, possibly. Definitely, um, definitely. There's there's a song coming up on kind of side, wo- side one, in inverted mm-hmm. commas, mm-hmm. that um, the first thing I've said about it is there's a subject matter I just cannot relate to, but it probably strikes a massive mm-hmm. chord with a lot of people. Track but one? Um, two two tracks ahead. <laughs> yep, yeah, that's the one. That's yeah, the one. I thought so. Yeah. Um, but yeah, perfect. It's um, a perfectly good. It's a thumbs track up for me. Three. Yeah, yeah, it's a good little song. Next track. Mm-hmm. 
but I'm happy I'm poor but I'm kind I'm short but I'm healthy yeah. I'm high but I'm grounded I'm sane but I'm overwhelmed I'm lost but I'm hopeful Let me get this one out. Go on. This is one of the singles, yeah. It is. It's like one of the known songs. Yep. I think we're going to be a part on this. Go on. I think this is an awesome piece of songwriting. We are miles apart on this. This is the low point. <sighs> Going the into this, I thought to myself, oh, God, I hate that. And in my pocket, ironic. And all that, yeah. Well, them two. Oh, um, you live, you learn, whatever yep. it is. Yeah. But this one, I think this is a triumph, honestly. The and you'll like this turn of phrase. The lyrical juxtaposition. Yeah. Is, is it's unlike anything. Well, and that's interesting. It, it builds the song builds. It's got that low, just humming harmonica underneath us now. I don't think she overdoes the vocal quirks. No, not at all. Yeah, at all. I'd agree there. with that. That's, a, that's about the only place we we agree on here. It's, but. And it's that bit, and it's what it all boils down to. It's when that hits, that's just songwriting gold. I think the chorus is weak. It's nihilistic. It's at odds with the verses because the verses have got a message. Yeah. But it's a re- this song is a real one-trick pony. <sighs> I read a book... Um, not long ago called uh, Black Box Thinking yeah. um, and it was about basically it was about learning from mistakes and like how the aviation industry do it and the healthcare industry don't okay um, go go and read that it's called, what's uh, it called uh, Black Box Thinking Matthew yeah. Syed yeah um, it's written by but I came away thinking makes his point makes it well doesn't half labour the point and this song labours the point. It's a one-trick pony. It's like nobody is one thing. Chris Rock, in one of his stand-ups, makes this point beautifully. He says, like, he's talking from a political perspective, yeah. and he says, listen to the issues. Nobody's one thing. Don't be. Don't just jump to one side of the argument based on what you think your position. He says, he says, some things I'm, I'm conservative about, some things I'm liberal about. Crime, I'm conservative. Prostitution, <laughs> I'm liberal. And that's Chris Rock. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it, it, it's, I can't remember which one of his stand-up is, that is, but they're all good. The The melodic refrain could really get really get on your wick if you let it. Right. <sighs> Honestly, like the opener. going back in 95 or 96, whenever this was out, when was it a single? Yeah, October 95. Then it got to number 26 as well. I completely agreed then. But I don't know if it was just listening to it over the past couple of weeks on this with fresh ears, or 2023 ears. I was just, oh, this is actually a really good pop song. We're apart there, we on this one. There's a much better pop song coming up that's flawed in its own way, which is is ironic, don't you think? Because... um, (laughs) Because that's what this song fundamentally is about. Is like everyone's flawed. Everyone's got a bit of contradiction in them. It's I think, okay. I think the album's a bit like that. Yeah, yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's 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 liberating. I'll give it that. Mm-hmm. It's it, it's a liberating anthem. It's just musically doesn't do it for me. It's it's about being flawed. Songs flawed. Do you like yeah. a bit of harmonica or no? <sighs> it's played out. Yeah. Yeah. It's not overused though, is it? Or do you think artists that do use it overuse it? Off the top of my head, I can think of Alanis Morissette. An Aerosmith. Mm. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the only An Aussie on the Wizard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's... <clears throat> I don't mm. think it adds anything here. See, I think it does here. Mm. Yeah, it's I, kind, just... I think it's kind of um, her calling card on some of the tracks on this album. Does she use it on... Have you heard any of her later albums? I've heard songs. Only songs. And I haven't heard Harmonica on them. I no. don't think... No, maybe it's exclusive to this album. Apart from Thank You, I can't think of anything. Does, Tell me another Alanis Morissette song after this album, after that. Um, is the one called The <clears throat> Reasons I Drink or Ten Reasons Why I Drink? Or I've seen Ten that. Things I Hate About You or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> Which is an amazing film, by the way. Is it? Oh, gosh, yeah. I've never seen brilliant. it. Oh, fantastic. Never seen it? Oh, you must. Okay, I'll put that on Top my... Uh, is it on Netflix? I couldn't tell. It'll you. be on Amazon Prime, isn't it? it yeah. It'll be on yeah. one of your streaming yeah. services, definitely. Oh, it's great. Okay, I'll add that yeah. to the. Um, I'm I'm trying to hunt down um, a film from around this era, probably a couple of years later. It was either called The Curve or Dead Man's Curve. Okay, I've heard of it. It's got your manner of um, little, 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 little Scream. He was the killer in the first Scream film. Okay, what's his name? He's that guy who's in stuff. Um, it's got him in it, and I want to watch it again. And I also want to watch something around this kind of song. Um, Existence. No, not Existence. It's got a Z at the end. Um, hey, yeah. very 90s. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. Hardy, Hardy boys. boys. <laughs> Dudley boys. <laughs> um, have you got anything else to say about Hand in My Pocket? No, it's just in terms of the album now. It's, it's Desmond. It's 2-2. Well, I've got something for you. How long will it take you to guess who this is? It's a 1997 cover. Can you tell who it is yet? I'm broke but I'm happy. I'm poor but I'm kind I'm short but I'm healthy Yeah I'm high but I'm grounded I'm sane but I'm I didn't want to say after you dropped that hint I'm lost but I'm hopeful <laughs> Absolute shame television <laughs> presenter um, Rolf Harris with his, his cover of One Hand in My Pocket How terrible is that? <laughs> Awful is that? I had no idea this existed until today. Just look at that cover as well. Oh dear me! What's, what's the bulldog doing? What sort of relevance does that do anything? He's eating the grapes or cherries. He's, he's popping the cherries. <laughs> he says, "I'm tired, but I'm working. Yeah, don't knock it." I'm here, but I'm really gone. I was wrong and I'm so sorry, baby. Well, Rolf, I bet we 
now that you are sorry about the things that you did. Mm. Uh, he's still inside, isn't he, Rolf? Oh, I'll lose track. He has got to be, hasn't he? Him and our old mate Ian Watkins in there, in the clink yeah. together. No. <laughs> ah, Rolf's a cunt. Right, next track. <laughs> <laughs> Mispronounced my name You didn't wait for all the information Before you turned me away Wait a minute, sir You kind of hurt my feelings You see me as a sweet backloaded puppet And you've got meal tickets If I know myself, Stuart Boyd, I know that he likes this song. Yeah, I'll qualify that in a second. It's just, I've just been knocked out off kilter a little bit because on these headphones, I've just got the harmony on the chorus in isolation. Yeah, and yeah, it's yeah. bloody awful. <laughs> in isolation, yeah, yeah, you yeah. don't notice it. When you're listening to when it. you're listening it, to it. But sent to it, everything sounds different. There's, there's a lead that's swirling around as well yeah. that I never noticed before. It's coming back now. It's not as bad here. No. On that first chorus, that was just, that was nails down a chalkboard. I never liked her vocal delivery back in the day. Yeah. It's not her on the harmony. It's How do you not think that's a male that? harmony. Yeah. Maybe that's your man Glenn Ballard. Who knows? Maybe I'm throwing an innocent man under the yeah. bus here. Um. I would have thought you kind of liked that, especially that end of chorus. Da, 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 da. I do, I do. And yeah. choruses are a recurring point here, really. Some of the choruses on this album hit, and some really don't. This chorus doesn't have to try too hard. I just think, in general, I just think it's a solid pop rock rock tune yeah in terms of the album it's beat here i think it's the very quintessential essence of it's like a three-star wrestling match it is it's um it's very much you know this might be a bit of a reach here but you know how pearl jam were pearl jam on 10 yeah they were a different band to any other really album after that absolutely they were were a bit more Noodly rock kind of stuff. Yeah, ten to me is a Mookie Blaylock album, and Versus is the first Pearl Jam album. Well, yeah, and and this, I, I'm not going to say it wouldn't sound out of place on that record, but it seems like it comes from the yeah. same kind of yeah, the same kind of feeling. Do you know definitely, what I mean? Yeah, definitely. yeah. It's not a bad song. I wouldn't say it's a brilliant song. No. It's a perfectly acceptable album track. Probably the exact phrase I would have used. There you go. Yep. Yeah. Um, lyrics are about sleazy record company executives who yep. prey on female artists. Yep, but you yeah. could probably extrapolate that to I didn't any number get... of people's personal experience. We, I, well, I'll speak for myself. Yeah. I can't relate to that, but... I've never been preyed on that, by, um, by no. a, um, a record company executive. I've never been preyed on By Rolf Harris or anybody. 
And I tell you what, I didn't get that from the lyrics on first listen. Okay. Second listen, I got the oh, wine, dying sixty nine, yeah. lion, yeah. Uh, and a couple of other little bits. And then obviously looking through, you see, and then ah, oh, yeah, uh, piece yeah. that together, kind of thing. Yeah, it's all right. Yeah, it's fine, yeah. perfectly acceptable. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay. Next track. Forgiven. This is the only track in the album that I haven't got a note for. Really? Mm. You know how a Catholic girls can be. We make up for so much time. I love to. Tremor Christ. You hated Tremor Christ, if I recall. This is Tremor Christ, isn't it? Little pity treasures. This is a better song than Tremor Christ. This is Tremor Christ, this bit. Okay, right, yeah, I have actually got notes. Well, I haven't got notes about it, but I've got loads of thoughts about it. Okay, go on. Um, it seems very anti-religious kind it's of thing. Big religious yeah. commentary here. A bit of gender hypocrisy in there as well. Mm, well, I think that's that's another thing yeah. that runs throughout. Um, it's once again the same as the last song. It's a bit of a bit of that. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's a bit of that song. It's um, yeah. But this is this is probably the the main song on the album that I think has got optics. It goes from one thing to another to another. But it's so drama Christ on that bit. Um, so much to say about this one, really. I mm-hmm. mean, it's the end of side A on the tape. Something tapes really made you do was listen to the lot. Everything got equal billing. Yes. It was too much rigmarole to piss about <laughs> skipping tracks or repeating tracks and like. So you just, you just let it ride so everything got equal billing. I really like the chord progression on the chorus. The chorus hits on this one. Big style. Is that the chorus, the Tremor Cross bit? Is that what you're saying, or is that the is that the, the that, bridge? That, that's kind of the pre-chorus. I yeah. think the the vocal apex is in the bridge, mm. and the song in general is just really, really well paced. Um, I think the languid tempo of the verses gives it a bit of gravity. Um, the outro isn't rushed. This album ends each side well. This is the best track so far for me. I really, really like this one. I wasn't expecting to hear something like this on an Alanis Morissette record yeah. when I listened to it the first time. As I say, I'd heard this album 20 years ago. Yeah. Well, probably 25, really, isn't it, when you think about it? But never took any notice of it. It was obviously in the background. Listening through in the last couple of months, this is the song that piqued my interest, and I thought, oh, this is something different. Defo. Off Defo. the whole album. Yep. Like the whole album. Yep. Yeah. 
It's a standout. Yeah, yeah, it I think it actually is. It's actually a bit of a good song. Definitely. Uh, easy, easy top three. It's Tremor Christ, though, isn't it? <laughs> it's a better song than Tremor Christ. <laughs> That's not hard, actually. <laughs> oh, I'll take it. <laughs> And to be honest, she sings it straight as well. Yeah, like I said earlier, when she reigns the quirkiness in, those are the high points of the album. Mm. That bit just there, that that's the bridge where the vocal apex is. Oh, it's, it's really good. Good. It's good, it's good, 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 yeah. Okay, we'll have one more before the break. Uh, another massive single. See, this song's called You Learn, and I learn. I was surprised to learn in the last couple of weeks that this was released as a single. I never knew. Really? Yeah. God, man, I can remember this all over Beacon in the day. This was literally, you know, there's tracks when you're flicking through radio stations, yeah. and it's like, oh, no, next one. This would be one of them. Okay. This is so Beacon Radio to me. Recommend getting your heart trampled up to anyone I recommend walking around naked in your living room But I do think the bridge is the best part of the song I think I like it. I think a better chorus would elevate it. I think the chorus is good. Uh, it's double tracked, I think, to detract that again. Not, it's nowhere near the crime that hand in my pocket is, but it does labour the point a bit again. Oh, I think this hand in my pocket. They're good pop singles. I can see why they connected with the masses. Yeah, it's fine. I don't not like it. It's very self-help. Yeah. This was the first track of the second side of the tape. So mm-hmm. for me, maybe this is influ- that fact influences this a bit, but for me it's a bit popcorn match. Oh, it's, it's, it's literally, I can understand how it can be to people alive down the back in anger into Sandman. I get it. But um, as a pop song, it works. Yeah. Have you ever seen the video? I watched the video for the first time this week because yeah. I didn't know it was a single. Taylor Hawkins is in it. Yeah, of course he is. Yeah, because he was in the band, weren't he? He was. A, he was part of the backing band. Yeah, wasn't yeah. It's really actually weird watching her at festivals back in the day and yeah. opening with the opening track of this album and watching Taylor Hawkins 
going for it on that track. And it's, like, <laughs> it's a bit incongruent to Did me. Did you ever see her at Woodstock 99? No. She was no. the act who was on before Limp Biscuit. Okay, before yeah. it all yeah. got <laughs> well, yeah, a bit leery. Um, and I think she like read the room as such, and yeah. people were not appreciating Alanis Morissette in 1999. And she was like, yep, yeah, thank you very much, love you, kind of thing, and went off. And Watch the documentary and I maybe recall seeing something like that. It was mainly recalled the carnage <laughs> rather than the artists. <laughs> the video, it's got a kissing a stranger, getting in a pie fight, having a boxing match with a woman, riding a horse. Um, yeah, I don't shooting know. Shooting some hoops. Yeah, recall. shooting some hoops. Surely it's all about the learning experience of life. And it labours the point. Chorus lets it down. Like I said, it's fine. It's everything oh, you say it is with, with a, a lacklustre chorus. See, I don't think it does. I think the chorus hits. I think it's it's a perfectly acceptable um, mainstream, oh, we can play this on any radio station chorus. Yeah, I don't hate it. But... Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm a bit disappointed with you there, I must say. I thought that you'd be a bit more into, uh, into the big hits. No, I didn't at all. <laughs> oh, God. Right, well, uh, we'll take a little break there. So far, what are you thinking? Are you thinking, oh, this wasn't as good as I thought it was back in the day? I am thinking exactly that. We are... See, to me... Three really good tracks. Mm-hmm. Three tracks I can take or leave... And one that's perfectly acceptable fare. So probably, so we're probably four thumbs up, three thumbs thumbs down so far. Okay. To me, I was um, I was pleasantly surprised. There was a couple of tracks on there that I wasn't aware of, and the singles have hit a bit more than I thought they would. So um, first single, definitely. All right. Uh, we'll be back in a second. Right. See you in a bit. Don't forget, you can contact the show directly, jukeboxpod at gmail.com. You can follow the show on Facebook, search for Personal Jukebox Podcast. On Instagram, we're also at jukeboxpod. And leave us a review. Help a brother out. Help the algorithms. Yo! Personal Jukebox Podcast, looking at Jagged Little Pill from Alanis Morissette. 
Um, we were a bit apart on that first half, weren't we? I don't think we've been that apart since the Killers. <laughs> and we were apart in the opposite direction that I would have anticipated. It's, it's weird, isn't it? It yeah. really is. That is. That was totally unexpected. Yeah, yeah, we're back with some interesting refreshments too. Yes, definitely. Um, do you want to enlighten the listeners as to what you're drinking? I've got some kind of concoction that's got... There's gin, there's cream soda, which, you know, I'm a, I'm a whore for cream soda. Uh-huh. It's just a, what are the other elements of this? You've knocked this together. You've got um, uh, rhubarb syrup and apple yeah. syrup. And actually, there was no gin left, so I went with vanilla vodka. It's, it's doing the job. Big time, thanks, John. We'll just call it that from now on. Yeah. Defo. <laughs> Defo. This is not normally my bag whatsoever. It's very sweet, isn't it? Yeah. 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 It's going down well. <laughs> okay, so we got to the last track was You Learn. Mm, so that means the next track is another single. I had no choice but to hear you. You stay. Did your case time and again? I thought about it. You treat me like I'm a princess. I'm not used to lying. Now I think this is a poor single. Okay. Okay. I prefer this to its predecessor. <laughs> We're still apart, aren't we? This is the one that makes me question how big did she hit it? Or how big did this album hit it in terms of just the general mainstream? Because oh, probably we're probably going back 10, 15 years. Mm. But I was on a Christmas do. Mm. It was a Christmas meal and while we were sitting there, there was various things playing, and this came on. Mm-hmm. And um, my friend Sam, who was there, she um, is a big fan of this album. Um, she's kind of our age, a couple of years younger. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and she's um, she does actually like Aladdin. She knows the other albums. Um, there's an acoustic reworking of this album that I never had. That's on my iPod. She gave me that to burn. Um, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Tenth anniversary. That yeah. was they put that. Absolutely. Out. Well, this came on, and it's a bit of a sing along, isn't it? This one, so it came on, it and we were both a bit yeah. like tune, and we're having a bit of a sing, and everyone else at this table looking at us, gone out, weirdos. What is this? How do you know it? And look, this is on Jagged Little Pill. You, you don't Jagged Little Pill. You're not twelve. Do you think um, further generations have kind of? Do you think Alanis has just not hit, or she hasn't maintained, or she's just not part of their consciousness whatsoever. Not part of the consciousness, I'd imagine. But weird, because of how massive this album was. Yeah, we were probably the youngest people at this table. Oh, really? Um, yeah, just okay. no one had a clue. No one had a clue. The transition out of the first verse into the chorus is a bit abrupt, isn't it? Yeah, I think it relies heavily on that. It's like an organ harmonic harmonica. Yeah, there's something going something, on in the background. Yeah. Is it accordion, even? Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Who knows? I like the short... Bursts of uh, sparseness and the acoustic bits, it's yeah, adds a bit of emphasis, it mixes it up and it saves it from being one paced. This, this one's fine, 
It's really funny because this is the only song on this album that hit the top ten in the UK. Was it? Yeah, the only That's song. That's amazing. Yeah, it I, is. I isn't never it? had this clocked as a single. <clears throat> when I was digging back into this the last couple of weeks and came across the video, I was like, obviously this was a single, and it being on that Christmas playlist in public made a bit yeah. more sense. A video you you're saying about the Alanis yes or no kind of thing. It's cute in this video. It works for you on this yeah, one. Yeah, works in the video, yeah, definitely. <laughs> this was probably actually the only video that I didn't watch, yeah. to be honest, yeah. Yeah, this was the only single to hit the top ten, which is weird. Very weird. That's very weird. Yeah. You said about the acoustic version, they released that for the 10th anniversary in 05. They also put out a two-disc deluxe edition, a four-disc collector's edition. We're struggling with the words tonight, aren't for we? For the 20th anniversary <laughs> in uh, 15, and there was also the 25th in uh, January 20, which the World Tour was obviously on the back of. Very yeah, popular. This, this album's been milked, hasn't it? It has. It, de- it <laughs> definitely Lord. has. It's just, like I said at, right at the top, it's overshadowed absolutely everything else, hasn't it? really has. You know, the, the first tour that she did, Radiohead with the sport act. Yes. Yeah, I yeah. remember reading that. Yeah. That's mind-blowing. You get a feeling it's kind of third person or autobiographical potentially. Mm-hmm. It could just be Ron Seal, what it says on the tin. Yeah, yeah, it could it's, be. Uh, probably the vocal highlight of the album. I think her <clears throat> limitation in range actually enhances the vibe here. It's got a vulnerable aesthetic and it's sombre. Yeah, it's to me it's mid mid album filler. It's. I think this is like a bit of a one-two with perfect. Yeah, the, maybe. I, I don't know. I think they fit nicely together, and I think it's it's a well-judged change of pace for where it is in the album. Oh, it breaks it up a bit. Yeah. I get that. Yeah. Nice it's, little song. It's it's again yeah. little in the best sense of the world. Yeah, I, I like this one. It's a. I don't know. It's a bit of nothing. It's. We really are miles apart. We are, aren't right? we? It's weird, isn't it? This Different. one, yeah. yeah. I haven't got a lot to say about that, but um, the next one is probably still to this day. This would be a signature song. Well, you were saying You Ought to Know is the big single. I think this is it. I think You Ought to Know was the, the breaker. This is the uh, This is the big one. Another man 
Just before we hit it, we'll get into the, the lyrics and all the bits and pieces and everything with that. But the one thing this song has got, it's got a chorus that hits. It's got, yeah, 110%. Right, It still always casts me back to seeing the video and then seeing that like pissed take Aussie version where it's four Aussies. In yeah, the yeah, yeah. <laughs> what was that for? I don't know what it was for. I don't know if it was for an MTV Was, music- was music- Kelly not in that video? I thought it was four Aussies in the car, yeah. like going, <laughs> like just going at each other. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's a good video though. Just to get it out of the way. It's situational irony, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's been done to death, but it's not yeah. irony. If we were calling it... I don't know if this phrase translates across the Atlantic, but you sh- instead of ironic, the song could be called Sod's Law. Yeah, it's yeah. Law. Or, to be even more British, you could call it fucking typical. <laughs> it's yeah. you could you could say raining on your wedding day you, or you, you've paid for the bus and you can get on for the it's fucking typical <laughs> you could say it's more ironic is surely maybe leaning towards the last line when it's just oh life's got a funny way of helping yeah. you out yeah maybe that's the ironic because yeah. that that's irony isn't it yeah it's an immense chorus. Absolutely, it's, it's her, a centrepiece, isn't it's it? It's a calling card song, really, as if you've got a fizzing in your earphones. No, I'm good. And it's it's a it's a number one song. This is the one that yeah. the crowds are turning up to see. Yeah, it's a very decent pop song, isn't it? It's a good pop song. And it's a pure pop song. For me, it's less than "Hand in My Pocket" or "You Learn." Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Even yeah. with that chorus. Yeah. It's less than you ought to know, but it's a very decent pop song. It, but it's again, it's very of its time. Oh, completely. The album was nominated for nine Grammys, and it won five of them, including Best Album. It was a massive tactic in the US. I spoke about this on an episode before about MC Hammer's "Can't Touch This." <laughs> That record companies in America, um, they used to withhold singles from the album to boost album sales. Uh, And that's what they did with this. And I think this that's one of the reasons why this album has sold so much in America and and stuff. There was no singles released off this album until after she'd actually won those Grammys when they released Ironic. Uh, And it had got her Grammy performance on the B-side. So if you heard the... They put the singles out to radio stations, but you couldn't actually buy a physical copy of them. So if you wanted to hear the songs, you've got to go and buy the album. Yes, good morning. Which is uh, fantastic. Yeah, it's, uh, and it's got that... It's got that I want to, don't want to say strength in depth, but from what I associated as the singles, this song, Hand In My Pocket, mm-hmm. you ought to know. The, the strength behind that, there's, mm-hmm. it has at mm-hmm. least the equals of those tracks in there that's where my historic impression of this album was rooted until my re-listens it's still 
seventy percent rooted there. So yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I I can see that. I can see that um, off off the back of radio play. Why you would go out and buy this? Since then, it's gone on to become a stage musical as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We we don't <laughs> like musicals in general, do we? It's, just, <laughs> it really, it's something I've never. It re- originally started in Cain. Well, I read it as Cambridge, but it was Cambridge, Massachusetts. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it transferred to Broadway, so it's obviously hit, obviously hit and been a, a successful run. Yeah. I listened to a couple of the tracks today. It was the first time that I listened to them, and they were very jazz handsy and very, oh, you know, like how if you do something on a musical. You've got to really hit it with the hammer on the head, yeah. kind of thing. It, there's no subtlety in the musical. You and, and Gaz were talking like on the previous episode about um, the Back to the Future musical, and that's just sacrilege to me. There's, there's only fools and horses as well, isn't there? Oh god! Yeah, I mean, you don't you don't mess with eighties cinema in general, but <laughs> Back to the Future and Die Hard are. The, the absolute pinnacle <laughs> Die Hard musical the genre. Oh, you just but you, you can't mess with them it's like remake reboot they don't touch Back to the Future but mm. this is like the next worst thing well yeah, I think it's worse in some respects oh. I'd rather watch um, a, a remake than, a, than the musical you can't bit. remake oh god <laughs> who would you cast in a remake what of Back to the Future yeah um, well he's got to be little um Oh God, I don't know who's a short, um, short young guy. Did you yeah. see the reunion between uh, Michael J. Fox and Christopher Lloyd recently? No, no, no. Yeah, no. I was a little bit touching because obviously, oh, really? yeah, yeah, because yeah. he was obviously he's got um, Parkinson's, Parkinson's hasn't yeah. he? Um, MJF, and uh, he he did clock up on my Instagram feed. Did he put a post out around Christmas time? I'm sure I saw him then, and I saw the picture, and I thought, "Oh, you don't look as bad as you did 15 years ago, kind of thing. Oh, good. He didn't look as yeah. bad as that, so thumbs up for that. Yeah, fair, fair yeah. dues. Good um, on him. Good luck. Favourite Back to the Future? First one. First one. But three over two. What? Three's got a heart. And it's Doc's tail. Well, it is. It's all about Doc. <sighs> I just never, I, I just never get on with the whole uh, Western thing. Okay, is never a draw for me. Okay, you know what I mean. Like the the situation of yeah, see, Western is never it. a draw for I me. I love it, and um, I did read somewhere a bit of a nerd on the Back to the Future films <laughs> that the original plan for Back to the Future Two was the when they go back again, it would be set in 1965. But the okay. fact that Crispin Glover didn't do it, so they couldn't write George McFly out of 1965 yeah. without implications for Marty being born. Yeah, yeah So they yeah, had yeah, to go yeah. back to 85 and use stock footage. How true that is, I don't know. I read that somewhere okay. once, but... Um, so the book would go to... The, the sports almanac would go to Biff at a time when he could gamble. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then they'd be taking it into another time period as well. Okay, that's a nice uh, that's a decent that twist is, on know, it, actually. Yeah. 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 During the original draft of the script, the time machine was a fridge, not a car. No, I didn't yeah, know that. Yeah. No. Yeah. And Studio Execs thought 
this is going to encourage kids to climb into to climb fridges. Into fridges and, yeah. <laughs> and kids can't go out and buy DeLorean. So, yeah, yeah we'll be yeah. all right. Yeah. And in the final cut of the film, because you know um, Eric Stoltz was originally cast as Marty McFly and no. they filmed like 80% of the film, but no. they thought he was playing it too intense and not comedic enough. Oh, no, so they no. replaced him with Michael J. Fox. But there's still a cut that they didn't refilm where Eric Stoltz is in the original cut of Back to the Future. Oh, no, I didn't know yeah. that, no. Yeah, when they're in the cafe in 1955, mm-hmm. and it's like, Biff, what's that? And he turns back around, and Marty hits him with the right hook, mm-hmm. but it's an over-the-shoulder shot. That's still still Eric Stoltz throwing the okay, right hook. Okay, go on. It's not right. Michael J. Fox. Oh, well, that's proper Back to the Future nerd yeah. stuff, in it? <laughs> I entered a, uh, a Back to the Future quiz online during COVID. It was a fiver in yeah. virtual quiz, and it was the way. 80 some odd players nationally uh, put my fiver in and it was 50 quid to the winner yeah and diddly squat to anything else yeah there were two points in it out of 85 players yeah. between the top two i came second oh really yeah oh, I was absolutely did, did you curse it oh, can you remember the question that did you there were a couple Oh, were they? Yeah. yeah, there were a couple yeah. of three where, you know, you tried it. Because there was a bonus. It was basically fastest finger first yeah, as well. Okay. There was yeah, an extra yeah, bonus. Yeah. So I kind of jumped the gun on a couple. And as soon as the question finished, when I like, hit my option, I was yeah. like, yeah, you've dropped one there. called Not The Doctor. One thing I forgot to mention about Ironic is after the 9-11 attacks, that was one of the songs that was put on the list to not to be played on radios because of the... He got on a plane and of the plane crashed down. Yeah, get it. Get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, Have you looked at that list on Wikipedia? No. Well, I didn't until I saw that and then I clicked on it and there's so many songs. I think there's 149 songs um, the entire Rise Against the Machine discography. Get and then that. there's like all just loads of different songs. Break stuff, but Limp Biscuits on them. Okay. <laughs> this is a weird one. Yeah. Bodies, obviously. Obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then, yeah, um, Alanis and loads of other different songs as well. Oh, that'd be interesting. Yeah. Peruse. Yeah, yeah. It's a, there you go. There's something for you to have a look at. Um, yeah, not the doctor. What are you thinking? I like this is another chorus that hits light album filler really mm. I like the ambience on the verses it's off kilter but this is where this is where the style works the lyrics in terms of the uh, the time signature they're completely incongruent on the opener and it feels forced it doesn't hear I think it embellishes it um it actually like cadence and stuff like that it's very similar to the first song, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, 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 yeah. It is, yeah, but yeah. It's, there's kind of an intangible there where it works yeah, here. Actually, yeah, um, I get it. Based on de- 
thematically it's based on kind of dependency again it's gonna that's something that's gonna get some traction with mm-hmm. a lot of people and it references substances a couple of times as well so okay. it's not entirely route one yeah I think, again we're poles apart i think this is this is knocking on the door of the top tier in terms of the album okay bloody hell okay even now I'm just yeah her songs kind of for me on this album fall into three camps there's either the singles the big hits yeah then there's the slightly rockier numbers like um, Right Through You and Forgiven and then there's these ones like this one and Mary Jane and stuff would you put this in the camp with Mary Jane? Yeah. I do put this in a category. I, I've done something very similar. Yeah. Is I've gone column A and column B on this album. And okay. yeah, this is in the same column as like Mary Jane and Perfect, but not for the same reasons. Okay. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, Rolling Stone rated this album in their 2020 list. I think that's the one that you refer back to sometimes. Yeah. Number 69. Yeah. Very sexy. Referenced in um, <laughs> right through you. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's quite true. Rolling Stone, wind me down, me sixty nine, mate. Um, all music four and a half out of five. Uh, Q gave it four out of five. Rolling Stone four and a half out of five. Entertainment Weekly in the that's in America, isn't it? They gave it a C plus. Enemy. Gave it a 7 out of 10. And our old mate, Chris, Chris Go. What do you reckon he went with? I reckon he's... Think thumbs, of 95. Thumbs in the middle, leaning up. He gave it a B plus. Okay, really? Yeah. That's high praise from and my man. the next album, he gave an A. Okay. Yeah. All time in the UK, it's the 41st highest selling album ever in the UK, and the seventh highest-selling album ever in America, which is phenomenal figures. We are talking about an album that probably hasn't sold. We haven't covered an album that's probably done but as I good think business as this. music fans, as in people who root their, I don't want to say personality, but put a lot of stock in music fandom, are predominantly album buyers. Yeah, yeah, Where yeah. the rest of the population aren't. You know, something I heard on Upcoming, there's an episode on The Doors yep. that I'm doing. Um, and up to, I think it was The Doors' third album, they'd sold 4 million albums, yeah. but they'd sold 8 million singles. Yeah. Man, that doesn't happen now, does it? It didn't happen in the music buying hot peak. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Just absolutely ridiculous. I didn't. I didn't get that at all. Of the nineties, strictly the nineties, this is the fifth highest selling album of all of of all the nineties in the UK, and the the highest selling album of the nineties in the US. Which again, you like? Mad, isn't whoa, it? that's ridiculous, yeah, isn't it? You're thinking, never mind ten. And it was um, only it only came out at the end of ninety five. Yeah. So yeah, it's uh, it's impressive numbers. And it's astronomical, isn't it? When you think about it, <laughs> when you think about it like yeah. that, surely the nine from ninety to two thousand and five—that's your peak record buying eras. Well, as yeah, our, I our think peak kind of globally, financially, in terms of kind of young people and disposable income. Well, you sort of got, I suppose, you're a 
16 to 40 demographic really mm, disposable yeah. income then in terms of the explosion of the availability and range of yeah. music and the advances in technology where then, CDs became in vogue and yeah. tenopenny as ten well and then in say mid 2000s where the legs got cut off from yeah. them and yeah it, it's got to be the peak of music buying historically in terms of certainly in terms of albums mm. Back to that 90s like drum beaty kind of thing again. Well, this is the one. It's a trip hoppy beat. It reminds me a little bit of the intro to a, a, a song that, again, we differ on. Is it Unfinished Sympathy? This tone okay. of it. Yeah. Uh, this, you know, we said about um, the last track on the Arctic Monkeys album yeah. was a songwriter song. Yeah. This is a songwriter song. Definitely, this definitely. Is, yeah. You liking this one? Uh, yeah, it's a good song. Yeah, we're. I, I can appreciate the song. Yeah, we're, we're, in, <laughs> yeah, yeah. we're in the same ballpark on yeah. this one. Finally, and and it's really like the the bridge and the chorus are really the same kind of thing, yeah. but they're just they build nice. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I think the laid back rhythm section helps on a lot of tracks, and none more so than here. And again, this is one that kind of puts the brakes on the vocal quirks yeah she don't works. she don't go over the top on it or yeah. nothing yeah. um it's it's i don't know that 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 guitar lick could just be any band or any body from the 90s you know what i mean anybody could be putting that out you know what i mean it, it literally is just across the board yeah. I like how it's. Um, I like how the tension builds in a really understated way at the end mm. of the song. It kind of mm. it rewards you for sticking with it. It really apexes at that point. Mm. And yeah, this is this is top three on the album for me. Would you go and see the uh, stage show? No, no, no. <laughs> Don't think that'd be a. Di- we could have an outing, me and you. We could go and see the. Should we, uh... <laughs> Should we live pod it? Yeah. <laughs> That'd be immense, wouldn't it? Could... <laughs> if you could find a way to do this. <laughs> that actually would be really good. It would be, yeah. We can, I'll, I'll live I'd Google hate it. it but... Let me live Google it now. Um, so it's Jagged Little Pill. Um, live, hang on one second. It needs to come with local because I'm over 40 now. I can't be... I think did it was it this episode or the last episode of said the only band that's left that I'd travel more than an hour for is Porty said. Okay. Um mm. Bring it local. Oh hang on, somebody's actually asked if it's coming to the UK. Oh. Coming in autumn twenty twenty two. Seems like we've missed we it. We missed it. Mm. Hang on. Yeah. Um, if there's anyone listening out there when it comes to the UK if they want to 25th of November 2022 okay so really recently it was in London as well I ain't travelling to London for that I'm not travelling to London for much (laughs) I'm not travelling to London (laughs) but if it rolls out across the country and there's any listeners who really want to hear that episode if you can get your hands on a couple of tickets oh we'll go we'll go (laughs) 
I could do with that overnight accommodation as well. Oh, though. yeah. Do you remember the last time we went to London? Yes, I do. Oh. Yeah. Hey, it worked. There was some driving around there. I was such that? a noob driver then as well. Yeah, like now I go to London all the time. Um, where did we have to get to? Bethnal Green. Bethnal Green, yeah. We made the mistake of thinking it would be signposted. <laughs> and starting out at some... And it was FA Cup final day as well. It was. It? Arsenal yeah. Southampton. Yeah. Yeah, it was. What year is that? 2003. Yeah. Is it really that long ago? Yeah. Like 10 years ago? Yeah. Wow. Southampton's right back picked up a knock no, in the wall. No, 20 years ago. Yeah. Oh, my yeah, good it Lord. Southampton's right back picked up a knock in the warm-up, and Chris Baird played mm. in the final, and I think he's pretty much an unknown. He came on loan to us in the uh, August, and it's like... Okay, is the guy who's played in an FA Cup final and for us in the same calendar year. Your call, Your call, yeah. Your call, Beth Nugget. Right by the Houses of Parliament, if I... Um... We went past them a few times, didn't we, in the <laughs> London Eye. <laughs> I can definitely remember, like, right, that's it, I'm going to have to just fucking park my car here. We went through that tunnel away. about 36 times. I think there was a point where you pulled up on a petrol station forecourt and contemplated buying an A to Z, didn't we? <laughs> Absolutely terrible. That was the days before um, sat navs, weren't it? Yeah. Yeah, there was no sat navs. Good lord, honestly. And I can remember leaving my car just parked on a random road. I'd got that Saxo at the time. And I was like, oh, I'm going to have to leave it here, Boyd. If it's here when we come back, then it's here and we can get back home. If it's not, then we're catching the train. You considered taking your sparks <laughs> out at one point, didn't you? <laughs> but it was all all right, wasn't it? Everything was fine. It yeah. was all all right. We were uh, we were okay. We could watch the show and uh, yeah. Then we went home. So, right, getting back to this, that's kind of the real last track, isn't it? It is. Are these other tracks only on subsequent releases? Subsequent re-releases, yeah. Okay, so I didn't realise that, or I would have given far more gravitas to that last track. Wake okay. up on the twenty-fifth anniversary version. We're going to look at this a little bit differently. They have. This version of You Ought to Know, which I'll scan over because there's not mega differences apart from the instrumentation. Yeah, it's a bit unnecessary. I would imagine the people who are in the industry have to say, oh no, that one's shit because it hasn't got flea blame on it. Is that what they have to do? Is that like a, a contract that you have to sign somewhere? <laughs> right, I need to try and skip this. And then you get this track. I went to your house I walked up the stairs I opened your door with a ringing Okay, so these were on the CD versions, not the vinyl? Yeah? Yeah, it wasn't on the tape version. Oh, it's something I've become aware yeah. of in... This is a bit of an insight into the, I don't know, into the into the album, into Alanis, into. I think sometimes you take the the lyrics as too literal after you ought to know, and this is like, wow, nice and raw, isn't it? It's a proper. Aside from even the content, it's a showcase for her vocal abilities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, this is the acapella version, and then she did this version. 
You're beautiful. You're beautiful. Walked up the stairs and I opened your door without ringing the bell. I mean, this is super stalker, isn't it? Oh yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? This is um, what is basically breaking into a guy's house, lying in his bed, smelling his aftershave, um, sniffing his bed sheets, wanking on his pants. Like I don't know what it is. You know what I mean? Very fatal attraction. <laughs> it's super duper, isn't it? I mean, what life experiences has she got at this age to be writing this kind of stuff? Or do you give Glenn Ballard, like, a lot more credit? Yeah, it could be either or a combination of, couldn't it? You'd anticipate there's some poetic license, but then... We're coming from kind of a station in everything, aren't we, really? It's like our trajectory isn't necessarily anybody else's. So Yeah, well, I mean... It'd be an interesting biography to read, wouldn't it? Has she done one? Has uh, she done, like, an autobiography or anything? Don't think so. No. Because that first, that first album, Alanis... Um, the cover it just looks like a, a Tiffany record yeah. kind of thing. Married a bloke from Cannock. Yeah, <laughs> you know I'm sure I've said that before. Oh, Tiffany. Yeah. No, I didn't yeah, know that. She married a guy from Cannock. No, I didn't realise that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! And then she turns into this alt rock superstar, and I can understand why the record company were um, wanting to shy away from their earlier albums. Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah, they were. They, Definitely, they've been buried, haven't they? They want a scene-setting exercise going on here. Right, um... Oh, dearie me. Alanis Morissette, Jagged Little Pill. What are you thinking? These two albums that we've done more recently, this one and the last one we did, have caused me more conjecture than nearly any two albums that I've had to review on this podcast so far. Um, I fully expected to come into Alanis Morissette, Jagged Little Pill and go, oh fucking hell, it's a D album yeah um, maybe a lower yeah, and then I listened to it and I was like ah, there's some good pop sensibility on here, and then there's some good songs that I didn't realise were there, and they've got some good um, I don't know what do you call it, alt rock sensibility to them that's what I've hung my hat on for this album for 20 mm. years um, were you never a fan of the singles? Not really. No. Probably more so now than ever. Mm, mm, mm. With one exception. I, um, I mean, the sales, sales wires and all that kind of stuff, it's a straight A, isn't it's it? It's a behemoth, isn't <laughs> you it? You know what I mean? It's it undeniable. Is. It is. But we aren't reviewing stuff on that. Um, I think I'd be robbing it. If I didn't give it, oh man, I don't know. 
I'll tell you what, I, a couple of episodes ago, um, I did an Audio Slave album yep. with Gaz, and I was like, oh, it's a D. Yeah. I think this is a little bit better than that. Um, it isn't that much higher. It feels weak to give it a D plus. It's a D plus or a C minus. That's what I'm looking at. I, th- I think I may go with a C minus. I've just pointed to my notepad for for, for anybody who can't see. Um, so for me, it's if we're calling it a twelve track album, which you know it is up to and including Wake Up, which is. Like the official last track. Yeah. So it is a it is an absolute album of two halves. So from Forgiven, Wake Up, You Ought to Know, Perfect, Mary Jane, Not the Doctor. That is half of, and I think it it's the right length. It's a perfect length. It's well structured. I didn't clock actually how long this album was. We put a lot of importance though, don't we, on structure, mm, on album structure, mm, and, mm. and the album as a collective. So, yeah. in terms of pacing, in terms of structure and length, I think it's can't pick fault with it. Mm-hmm. So, there's six tracks there, and you got half of a top album, and the other half of it is you've got a batch of stuff. The mainstream size. Well, yeah, with with twenty twenty three years on, is middling. It's very much of its time, as we've touched upon. But you know, nostalgia, especially when um, yeah, it's, if it's a culturally formative time, it's good, and you want to cling to that. So this album sounds like places. It sounds like where you heard it. It sounds like. like the crap lamp in your bedroom and it sounds like you've got your big back TV you know your TVs are massive thick backs that the kids these days will never I understand I transfer one of them to Lindsay's uncle's house and it killed me oh definitely definitely they're like medicine balls <laughs> they're, they're ridiculous um, so it's a good reminder of a time um, and I've got a bit of a personal connection with it because like I say it was it was an outlier in the small gathering yeah. that was my musical collection it, it, Surely it would have been very different, different to the stuff you were listening to. At that very, time. very different. But it was, it, it was a gateway because I'd have probably got there anyway. But in the immediate term, it it kind of opened my eyes and opened my mind to like the first Tori Amos album, PJ Harvey, Sleater Kinney. Mm. May have got there anyway. And today, I remember you said on a previous episode with Neil that your headspace now, you're a lot more open to sort of dance music yeah. yeah well I don't touch that with a 50 mm. foot pole <laughs> as you know but in terms of what my contemporary bag was back in 1995 and the early 2000s in this day and age I will reach for like your Emma Ruth Rundle uh, Chelsea Wolfe Sharon Van Etten Jenny Haval Grouper above your blokes with the guitars I think they've got Sorry. more to say I, I literally you've just like whoa 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 batting them away like who yeah. the fuck are these no, yeah. that's PJ Harvey yeah, yeah. Um, and who were the ones who you said then so, sort of in a modern context yeah um, Emma Ruth Rundle Chelsea Wolfe I've heard of Chelsea Wolfe yeah. yeah Sharon Van Etten mm. yeah. Jenny Haval no Grouper good lord okay yeah, that's yeah. that's what I'll reach these, for these, these days. Uh, are these worth listening to? Defo. Every yeah. single one of all of the above. <clears throat> all of the above. This is not Brewster's Millions. 
You said about Tori Amos as well. First album, yeah. Um, she came to my consciousness when she did that cover of Teen Spirit, wasn't it, at mm, the yeah. MTV Awards. Uh, aside from Cornflake Girl and oh, what was the other big one? Uh, Professional Widow. Well, yeah, that's, that, yeah. yeah, yeah that's a banger. <laughs> um, good stuff on them early albums as well? First album, absolutely. Yeah. Um, okay. Not crazy about the output after that, but yeah, yeah, first album's fun. Little Earthquakes, fantastic. But yeah, back on back on topic. Um, yeah, I kind of pointed to my pointed to my sheet, and I've I've gone C minus. Oh, oh. I'm tempted to I'm tempted to up that to a C. I'm I'm gonna stick with a C minus. If you want to mm. go for a C, you can. But yeah, mm. C minus seems good. It's it's better than I thought it was going to be when I went into it. Yeah. You suggested it months ago, like yeah. probably over a year ago. Yeah, um, And we've come round to it, and I'm kind of glad that I listened to it. Definitely, definitely. It's, mm. it's like I say, it is 50% of a top album. Mm. <laughs> but, <laughs> it's we're on the other side. Yeah, <laughs> my 50% and your 50% are, are That's makes 100%. Away. Woo! <laughs> Oh man, great stuff! Uh, if you've enjoyed, uh, I don't know what you call it, a dissertation of the Jagged Little Pill album, then get in touch. Or if you disagree, get in touch as well. Uh, if you'd like to leave us a rating, a review on any of the streaming services, you can. If you want to get in touch, you can hit us up at jukeboxpod at gmail.com. And follow the show on Facebook, Instagram. Yeah. Send us a line, man. Get heard. Stuart Boyd, thank you very much for joining me on this episode. Thank you, Simon Hodgkiss. Do you have a song that you'd like to play us out with? Yeah. Um, on the subject of what we've just been talking about, let's give a national treasure some love at her peak of cool. Um Alanis was indirectly responsible for my fandom of Miss Polly Jean Harvey. So let's go with Sheen in a gig. show you over and over look at these my childbearing hips look at these my ruby red ruby lips look at these my work strong arms and you've got to see my bottle full of charm i lay it all at your feet you turn around and say back to me he said she Not just constant craving, is she? Defo. Yes. We talked about Arctic Monkeys paradigm shifted. Yeah. No one does that more so than Polly. No way. Constantly evolving. That's really weird because she's always in, or she always was in, you know, like end of album lists and stuff like that. Yeah. And I've just never 
listen to anything apart from Constant Craving and Oh, you're thinking of, of um, KD Lang? Oh, am I? Yeah, Oh, yeah, are. well, fuck me. I'm a cunt again. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, this is my podcast and I'm doing music, bro. <laughs> <laughs> right, I'll see you later. I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Just two, two, like, letters and a word. <laughs> <laughs>